Welcome to Audiobooks from Hell. I am your host, Sean DeRager. Thank you for joining me for another episode. And uh, today I am talking to Isaac Thorne, uh, author of The Gordon Place, which is a book that I happened to have narrated. <laughs> Isaac, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. This is the uh, the second episode. I've made it through one. People are still listening, so uh, so I figured, you know, I might as well we might as well talk some some Gordon Place. It was kind of the first uh, novel that I narrated that I was like, wow, this is like, I mean, all the books have been fun, you know, but this was like up my alley with, I guess, the subject matter, it being a horror um, novel, but not like a splatter novel, not. Um, I don't know. There's something different about it. Something uh, literary, I guess, about it. There's a deep <laughs> history to Lost Hollow in this town and these characters. So, um, so I'm glad that we can chat a little more about the Gordon Place and yeah. Lost Hollow in general. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you said literary because that's that's what I was going for with it. Um, I mean, uh, not that I mind splatter and gore and and um, and straight up horror, but I wanted the Gordon place and and the town and the characters in particular to be a little more uh, relatable than, um, than, you know, standard genre. Right. Um, so, so good. Yeah. I, I'm glad you got that out of it. And and you've come uh, a long way since you picked up this project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Hold on. I'm adjusting my microphone here. I don't know which mic is recording. So I'm going to aim them both at me. It's just, <laughs> Just in case, I don't know. I'm still learning this new software. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's almost like um, the Gordon Place kind of kicked things to kind of like the next level in right. a sense. As opposed, to like, wow, this is like the kind of stuff that I really wanted to start seeking out to narrate. Um, and just um, I had some. I was I was worried myself about like, oh, I I need to voice a um a female black character and a gay character. And I was like, I right. just don't, just don't fuck it up. I didn't want to, I didn't want to <laughs> fuck anything up. I wanted to be true to the characters and not dive in any sort of stereotype. So I just kind of played everything. And that was kind of my, my lesson in learning how to just play things straight um, to the character. Absolutely. And not at all to stereotype. And you did um, a great job with it. I, one of the things, and, and I think I told you this back when you auditioned, I had several people audition for it. Some of them I I approached and and a, a couple approached me. And when they read in the description that it was Southern, the mm-hmm. the narration suddenly became Georgia. <laughs> and and Georgia, a, a straight up Georgia accent is very different than a Tennessee accent or an Alabama accent. Mm-hmm. Um and they're all Southern and you can tell they're Southern, but, but they have a different quality to them. And, um, and I thought you did a, a fantastic job with not, uh, making everyone sound Georgia, except the one person who in the novel actually is from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> right. And once I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. So speaking of st- a stereotype, I do, I did actually get to lean into a little bit of Southern bell <laughs> stereotype. <laughs> and man, doing that, when I first did that, the first chapter where, where, um, I'm having a brain. Uh, it's been a while. I'm having a brain uh, blank on on uh, our the character's name. Um, Patsy. Patsy. Yes. Patsy. 
when I did, I was like, oh my gosh, Patsy is talking a lot here. She's getting a <laughs> lot of exposition. I, I came out of the booth and I told my wife, I was like, I don't know if people are going to like this or they're just going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did a fantastic job with it. And, uh, you know, when I was when I was listening to it and I I let other people listen to it and, and the comment that always came back from that was, oh my God, he actually sounds like a Georgia older woman there. So, so I think you, I think you nailed it. Well, that's good. Uh, That's a good compliment. Um, We've kind of just gone into this conversation here and I I wanted to ask you before we start um, diving in a little more further about, uh, about you and everything. um, I like to kind of give a shout out to kind of some audiobooks that I'm listening to or an an audiobook that I'm listening to. And, uh, and you're, and I would love to hear from you if you're listening to anything, just, at your leisure or anything like that. If not, no big deal. Um, but um, I just got done finish finishing listening to a uh, a book called the The Devil's Gunman. It's by Philip S. Bolger or Bolger. I don't know, uh, Philip. I apologize if I mispronounced that. Uh, narrated by uh, my friend Casey Johnson. And um, so, if you're looking for something to listen to, definitely uh, check out The Devil's Gunman. It's a fun kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's like a urban supernatural devil's hitman he's like a hitman for uh, the devil <laughs> so you know vampires and devils and shapeshifters and everything and it was fun i like uh casey's narration he's from texas and i love well the one thing i love about him is he gives everything kind of this little bit of texas flavor um he did like a, a space. He's done a couple like military space novels and he is this, and I've never heard like a space novel, you know, this military science fiction narrated with kind of a, you know, laid back Texan accent, you know? Right. And, and I love that about him because normally you're used to like an RC Bray and he's, you know, he's talking like this the whole time, you know, and it's just very intense. But uh, Casey has this kind of like, kind of just laid back, narration style that I really have fun with. So I like, and I like people with different voice. I like different voices. So, um, I don't know. He, he's fun. So anything you've been listening to at all? Uh, lately I, I have been since January kind of, uh, between books for some reason, January was just, you know, after the rollover from 2019 to, to 2020, all of a sudden, all of my free time just got sucked away so I've actually um, I haven't listened to to anything since December, but I'm about to start Joe Hill's The Fireman, um, which I think is the only Joe Hill novel that I haven't listened to yet. And um, I, I don't remember who the narrator is on that. He has kind of a uh, uh, a collection of people he usually goes to, like Kate Mulgrew and uh, Will Wheaton and and uh, folks like that. And I, I don't remember which one is narrating The Fireman, but uh, but that's next on my audiobook list. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, have, I always have a rotating list of uh, things I need, I need to listen to. So, <laughs> um, now that being a narrator, now I'll be, I'll, you know, we, we kind of pass our books to each other and as peers, you know, and we're always checking out each other's stuff. So Absolutely. Um, awesome. Awesome. I'll try to put links to those in the show notes if, if I remember. I do. <laughs> I'm awful at that. <laughs> well, uh, Isaac, I wanted to kind of give our listeners just a little uh, taste about uh, about you, like where you came from. When did you when did you start writing? Um, kind of pursuing this as 
as like, well, wow, I'm going to pursue writing novels you know, mm-hmm. as, as opposed mm-hmm. to dabbling on the side. Cause we, you and I have a lot of, uh, similar friends online and everything. And that's kind of how we've met through the horror Twitter <laughs> community. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I never really, you know, never clicked that you were a writer until I started seeing more things and, and uh, I was just, oh, that's just Isaac. He listens to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, so I'm, what, I'm a lifelong, lifelong horror fan. So um, when I actually decided to to start putting my stuff out there, um, getting acquainted with the online, other horror fans online was a priority for me. Um, right. You know, because I wanted to see not only what people are are watching in terms of of movies, but what they're reading, and I wanted to connect with other writers because you know I I had a lot to learn starting out on on my indie publishing journey. Um, I've actually been writing since I can remember, since I was able right. to since I was able to form words with a pencil. <laughs> um, you know, and and it's 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 been all types. I've, I've done journalism, I've done technical writing, um, and I've been writing fiction my whole life. I just wasn't, and I submitted here and there. I had a, a, a couple of short stories published in college, um, you know, by literary magazines and, um, and stuff like that. But I was never really ready to, to put my stuff out there to a wider audience until probably about 2013 when I, um, when I released nobody was here as a short story and, and it was kind of just a balloon, you know um, I just wanted to put it out there and, and see what kind of reaction it got. And I, I was pleasantly surprised that there were people out there who read it and liked it <laughs> and uh, you know, wanted to do uh, an audio drama of it or a, um, a short film about it. Um, and both of those things, uh, as far as I know, are are still in the works. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I I came to the whole thing. And um, I I I wanted to focus. I my my tagline on all my social media is short tales of dark comic horror, because I wanted that kind of creep show vibe or tales from the crypt vibe, and that's mainly what I was writing. And I I was thinking you know, putting that stuff out there. Okay. I'll, I'll release this. I'll release these in a collection eventually, which I ended up doing in 2017, but I'm not going to attempt a novel. I, I'm not sure I've got a novel in me, you know, and, and I don't know where I would go with it if I did. And, um, the way I write is I form an ultimate scene in my head of, you know, the, the climax of the story, um, is first. And then I write around that and, and kind of discover everything that led up to that moment. And I had this, this idea at one point that was going to be a short story about a guy who falls into his, the basement of his childhood home uh, can't get out for whatever reason. And we know what the reason ended up being in the Gordon place, but, um, you know, whether he broke a leg or whatever, he was going to be trapped there and, uh, then be forced to face something from his past since he was basically trapped in his, literally trapped in his past, um, in the basement of his childhood home. 
And uh, I wrote the first chapter of it, or I I wrote leading up to the part where he gets into uh, gets trapped into the into the ba- in the basement, and that ended up becoming just a first chapter. Um, because I wasn't really sure where to take it from there. It it was writing in a way that I hadn't written before. And uh, so I kind of put it away for a while and a while became a while longer. And, <laughs> and then a couple of years later, it, it hit me um, where I wanted to go with this, that I wanted to explore this, um, this guy who lives in, in, um, in the South, but really has never fit into the culture there. And um, has tried to find his way out of the culture there, but but hasn't really. Um, and that eventually became the rest of the Gordon place. Nice. Yeah, I, I so yeah, this, so this was your first uh, your first novel in yeah. a sense, and that I think that's what was very you know striking to a lot of people who've read it, and uh, it was striking to me. It was like, well, this doesn't feel like a first novel. I mean, you've been writing, so you have some chops, so it's not like. Hey, I'm gonna pick up a, a pen, or I'm gonna grab my keyboard and just write. You know, you you have experience, so, um, so but it really struck me as a very seasoned kind of you know first outing as a novel, and um, you know, comparisons. I always hate comparing authors to other authors. Like, yeah, there's influences, but I mean, mm-hmm. every if you're a good author, you have your own voice, and I think that's what I felt with this was it was very distinct kind of a voice and a and a, and a story and. Like I said, it wasn't like this story that's like, I'm going to scare the shit out of everybody with this story. <laughs> um, it was, there was a lot more nuance to it. And it was uh, the horror aspects were, I mean, most of it was with just Gordon and fighting his own demons and his own, you know, um, what he, what he encounters down there in, in the cellar, you know. Right. Um, but it's not like, it's just like, it's just like a, a horror movie. Where, you know, people come out of the movie and go, well, I wasn't scared, you know, and, <laughs> and they just, and they write off the movie altogether. Sure. Um, but there's, if you're, if you're someone who enjoys story and no matter what genre, um, there's the ho- horror is so much more than just like jump scares or trying to be scared or disgusted. Right. There's a time and a place for all that. But what I loved what you did with the Gordon place was you tackled a myriad of, uh, of themes and, and, and things that are horrific to people either, you know, there's racism in there, there's mm-hmm. homophobia. Um, uh, I mean, there's, you know, family dynamics, there's abuse, right. um, alcoholism, all this stuff is wrapped up into the story and into this town of Lost Hollow, which, which, um, has kind of grown, you know, I feel lost Hollow. just like any good author, any good horror author, you have to have your town, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Like Stephen King has Castle Rock. Uh, Isaac Thorne has Lost Hollow. And exactly. there's this deep history that I felt when narrating it and reading it for the first time. Um, but it's not beating anyone over the head like, oh, here's this rich history. You get glimpses and tastes of it. Now, when did the town of Lost Hollow come in to kind of, you know, Actually, it being a sense, you know, uh, it's cliche to say the town is a character, but that's what mm-hmm. it is. Like, when did you think like, oh, I can actually build a kind of a mythology around this town, you know, this off the beaten path southern town that can be stereotypical, have the stereotypical racism. Right. Um, and everything in it. But when did that seed start um, to form? It, it actually started with 
uh, a name. I I I don't remember where the name came from exactly, but I I either heard or thought up or read the the name Lost Hollow, and to me it had a really Southern Gothic um, ring to it, and. A lot of my short stories, whether the town is mentioned or not, they're actually set in that town. Um, in fact, I think uh, uh, both Diggum and uh, Decision Paralysis uh, from my Roadkills collection, both of those stories specifically mention the town. Um, but all of the stories kind of take place there in in this, you know, um, fictional. A uh, small town in Tennessee that I I wanted to be a place of toxicity. Um, it's it's a location where everybody knows everybody and everybody kn- kind of thinks they know each other's secrets, but they might not know all of the secrets. And the secrets they do know, they just kind of pretend aren't there. Um. So I I wanted it to be this this toxic location where things like this could happen and be ignored um, by the people who should be doing something about it. So uh, so yeah, it it kind of as far as the novel goes, um, a lot of Lost Hollow's evolution occurred there while I was writing um, the the name existed in previous stories, but, but the actual uh, richness of the town um, kind of developed just as I was, I was writing the chapters. And um, uh, sometimes I had to go back and, and look at, uh, you know, I'd write something and and then realize on a reread that I had, uh, I had contradicted something about the town um, that I had written earlier. And, and in that way, the town very much, became a character i i wanted to make sure that i had um consistency in there in in where things were and um you know how the the people behaved i didn't want to i didn't want to make the town big enough that there would be strangers um mm-hmm. um in the town itself if if anyone was a stranger they came in from outside um so yeah it it just kind of evolved as i was writing it yeah, I mean, I can definitely tell, like, feel this, the just the foreboding sense of of that town. And you know, it's funny when you start. Um, you, know, you, you, and I are we both beat ourselves up with reviews. We're very <laughs> similar uh, in that sense. But there can be like, you know, fifty great reviews, and mm-hmm. then we both see one, you know, negative review, and we both kind of, you know, will lose sleep over it. Yep. But, um, it, it's funny some of the reviews that I saw on both from the print version and the audiobook version was people didn't think that there was truth in this small town, that it was, uh, that it, there's no way that it can happen. There's no way, <laughs> you know, there's no way all the guys with pickup trucks are, are bad. Right. It's like, I grew up in small town, Iowa. Yeah. And I can tell you that, yes, uh, as absurd as some of this stuff sounds, it is, there is a truth to it. Now, right. it may not be true where someone's living in like the suburbs, like where I live, I'm living in the suburbs of, of Southern California now or the suburbs of, you know, Austin or whatever. Sure. Um, or in a city. But no, there, and yeah, people that own trucks, like I own a truck. 
I'm not a racist asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but it, it what's funny is um, those types of criticisms is like people were taking it, the story at face value and not putting it on like, oh, well, this is in that world, in that, this world, in this exactly. town, and in that small town. And I can tell you there are places in, in rural Texas, in, I've been there in rural Iowa, mm-hmm. and there is that, you know, that weird stereotype that that does occur so there's there is a kernel of truth to that yeah and it i mean it, it i i grew up in a small town you know and in the 70s and 80s it's different now yeah yeah yep but in the 70s and and 80s it things like this were much much more uh prevalent Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have, you know, I have, I live in a rural area, but I have neighbors who fly a, a Confederate flag, um, and a army of Tennessee flag from the <laughs> civil war in their yard. So, yeah. you know, and, and regardless of, of whether you, you buy the heritage argument or not, that there, that those symbols are considered racist by a great many people so that culture is still here um and it may not be as visible um Mm -hmm. although i think it has become more visible in the past several years (laughs) again there's there's i think there's been a resurgence of it um but you know it it might have gone background for a while but it's it's always been there yeah and and when when the gordon place was released when the novel was released it came it did come at a very interesting time in our in our history and right you know th- this podcast we're not going to try to get too political here we're gonna try to stay send just you know stay stay center maybe left of center i don't know <laughs> but we'll stay uh you know, <laughs> but, but for discussions for discussion's sake um this book did kind of uh ruffle some feathers when it came out and it it, it when when was the print version now? Was it 2017 or 18? No, it was it was actually April of 2019. So okay, so so it's, so it's still fairly new. But yeah, I feel like when it came out and and around this these past few years have been kind of tumultuous um, with with politics and sure um, and just there's the far right and the far left and um, both. Uh, I would say you know there's there's problems with when you separate and you become so divided, there are problems that come up. Right. Um, and I never, and I'd never noticed that. I mean, I've, I've read books that I know are written like Stephen King, his, he writes, he's a very, he's, he's a Democrat. He's, you know, he's a leftist. <laughs> um, but a lot of people, a lot of conservatives like, like Stephen King, there's, you know, um, right. so it was, it was very funny to me that, you know, and I'm not, and I haven't read any reviews of his recent writings. I don't know. And I'm, I'm, he's very, he was, I think he left uh, Twitter or face, he left Facebook. At he least. left Facebook. Yeah. Um, very contentious on, on, on uh, his social media and taking people to task. But, um, but even with all that, like there's still, he has fans on both sides of the, on all sides of the political spectrum. Sure. Um, do you think that you could have, uh, written things a little bit differently not to kind of cause those hair triggers because chapter two is the kind of the hair trigger chapter chapter two <laughs> is the hair trigger uh chapter is and it by naming a specific president or what do you think kind of caused 
causes that? I honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I, I'm really not sure because I'll tell you, I did not expect. I, I expected, you know, people to be, a, you know, a little um, not upset, really, but but kind of be like, oh, well, you know, there he goes dissing my president, you know, or <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever. But I, I really didn't expect people to actually get upset by this because mm-hmm. I, I really didn't set out with an agenda. This the character who who kind of presses the buttons um, staff. Um, he's, he and Afia are on their way into Lost Hollow and, and she is a black woman and he is a, a gay man and they are having a discussion about their own backgrounds and experiences with prejudice and staff is definitely, you know, left of center politically um, and, and he's and he's a, he's a sar- snarky, sarcastic, uh, right? Tells it like it is type character. Exactly. So, which I love. So he, uh, <laughs> so he, he makes a few comments, uh, you know, about about Trump and about the current um, political climate, and and about corpus, about corporations choosing sides, um, you know, right or left, and um, and kind of overlays that onto Lost Hollow as they're driving in. He doesn't want to be in this, you know, toxic small town atmosphere. And he makes some assumptions and Afia actually calls him out on it, you know, and, and tells him, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't entirely that way when, when she was growing up there, she uh, left the town when she was 12 years old. So there's a back and forth between them. And I think people read that chapter and they read what staff is saying and they assume that staff is my mouthpiece. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and that upsets them that, you know, there's, there's someone um, critiquing their president or, or their opinions, um, you know, or their party affiliations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they assume it's the author. So yeah, it's it's funny when that happens. I mean, it happens a lot, and I'm I'm even you know somewhat guilty of that. I mean, even in uh, the book The Devil's Gunman that I was listening to, um, I'm listening to the narrator, and I'm like, I don't agree with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, I can't believe Casey would say that. I'm like, oh wait, he's narrating uh, the story from right. a perspective of a made up character <laughs> exactly. that's written by an author. Exactly. And you know, we all we all do bring in our own storytelling. We do bring. Um, our experiences because we write from our own truth, sure, and that's a that's what a good writer does. Is a good writer will inject their personal truth into into their perspective of the world, and that's what I love about storytelling is it does all come, it does come from a place. But a good storyteller, um, even though they have those feelings to inform their characters, uh, a good storyteller can tell the story from the perspective of the characters exactly and. The things that I've I've learned, and and I think a lot of people approach books, especially these days, like a movie, but books and storytelling through through narrative, like a long form narrative, like a novel. It's there's so many different perspectives present, and it's not just because normally in a movie you have to scale all that down, and and a in a movie you're gonna you're gonna choose probably two characters, two points of view to to bring the story through to the end. Right. Um. 
Unless, I mean, that's where these bigger sprawling stories fall into problems like adapting Lord of the Rings and things like that because there's so many perspective perspectives. But um, but a novel, you have the luxury to ha- spend a chapter with one specific character and their point of view. Whether or not it's written first person or not, it doesn't matter. The third, you can be in the third person but still getting their own perspective. Absolutely. And that's where I start seeing, you know, like the, the comment about the trucks. It's not you, Isaac Thorne, saying this. It is, um, Staff. you know. Right, it's staff saying it, um, or it's even you know, Gordon thinking this you know in his own head or whatever. Right, kind of mulling over. Am I you know is this the reason why? Am I you know and and I just, I just find it very fascinating that how people approach story, yeah, and especially a story like this where and I because I read it and I I didn't think it was had any agenda at all. <laughs> Um, I just enjoy, was enjoying the story and the characters and the banter between the two. And I got it. These were two people in a car with no one else listening. So they're a little more open right. to this discussion and they can kind of be a little more vulnerable with each other. And, and, and they're both kind of discussing you know, things that matter to them. And, uh, and I've had that happen to me and I've been on ride alongs with, you know, at my, my day job. Um, and we get in discussions and I'm sitting there in the car, me and another person who I'm more left of center, moderate. Um, and I'm with the person who's a full blown, you know, uh, conservative Mm -hmm. red hat wearing MAGA, you know, but, um, in that moment we can actually have really good, honest conversations. Right. And in those moments, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is what humanity kind of should be. Yeah, absolutely. We have our perspectives, but we're not at each other, at each other's, at each other. I can't talk. I'm a narrator and I cannot talk right now. I'm not reading. (laughs) It's the problem. I'm not reading a screen. But you can actually be vulnerable and, and, and talk and have good conversations. And you know, that's, and that's what I think a good story does is it brings these conversations to light, but through the characters. Absolutely. And when people get kind of, well, take them personally, it's like, hey, you might need you step maybe back a, little a, ther- bit. a therapy session yeah. or step back a little bit, but step back and enjoy the story as a whole. Right. And, you know. Honestly, if your book is full of characters who all have the same opinion about Mm. everything um or even even approach a problem the same way um then you're you're writing one character you've just given that character you've split that character you know into multiple characters and given them different names it's still the same character right and that's boring yeah if if a story if a story is full of of characters and their well-developed characters, they're going to, to clash. Um, and, and maybe even there's conflict within themselves about, about how to handle something because of, of their own backgrounds or the influence of the other characters. Um, so for staff, you know, to have these, these criticisms, especially during this, these, years um and voice them in what he felt was a comfortable and comfortable environment i felt was natural Mm -hmm. for the character yeah 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 exactly and 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 you know what and and what i really liked about the book too is that gordon um is a very sympathetic character and he is probably a guy that voted for trump you know if, if you think about it but you're sympathetic with him and you really get to know him as a person deep down because you're you spend a lot of time in his head you see uh, the the seeds that made him 
kind of who he is today. Right. Um, and he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. And and I, I really like spending time with, with Gordon. I think he, you know, and I think if if people would just give the book a chance instead of being, you know, triggered on <laughs> one chapter, um, you can, what I, th- I think the book does a really good job of is showing that, that we are all a piece of humanity. Right. And that, you know, that there is evil in, in the world, but it's not a political party. Absolutely. Um, it's a, there's, I, there's, there's ideals that are evil. And now, when, of course, when a political party takes upon those ideals, yeah, we have a problem. But it's more of a study on, like, the ideals and, and choices people make and, and the secrets that get pushed down and, and the people who look the other way. And that's all. That's what I, I think kind of what I took away from the book. And everyone can take away different things. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really, you know, I really gravitated to this book and and out of all the ones I've, I, I can't play favorites as a narrator because I, <laughs> I, I, but I do. And I, but I feel like I do choose the books I narrate very, um, I'm very choosy with them. Yeah. But this one, especially I feel with, I don't know if it's the themes and the characters, but it stuck with me more than a lot of the other ones, um, on kind of a personal level. So, um, so yeah, if you, if you haven't read, read or listened to, I don't care. Just get the Gordon place, either, whatever, however you want to get it. You don't have to listen to me yap on about it and, <laughs> and narrate it. But, um, but I really, as, as a book, um, I feel it's a strong first novel. Um, and I want more, I want more from Lost Hollow. So that, so as we begin to wrap up here, I want to f- ask you, like, is there, I mean, I know there's more Lost Hollow. Mm-hmm. Lost Hollow is, is a, you're going to be sending stories there, but like, what are your plans for Lost Hollow? Is there going to be more staff in Afia? Um, or is there more to the town maybe that you want to tell? Like, what's, what are kind of the plans, the seeds that are kind of uh, planted that you're, <laughs> you're attending right now? I have had requests for more uh, staff in Afia, so that is probably somewhere uh, down the line. Right now, um, I am... I I haven't started you know typing it out on the keyboard yet, but but right now there is a a Lost Hollow story brewing that is actually set in the in 1955. Um, so I'm gonna kind of go back and and explore um, how the town became what it is by the time you read the Gordon Place, and they're not they're not directly related novels. You're mm-hmm. not gonna see. Um, you know, similar characters or, or probably not even going to see similar themes. Right. Um, in, um, in this one, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've got plans for Lost Hollow and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to getting back there. And I do want to say, um, something that, that you, um, mentioned a minute ago about, um, about people having their own ideas. That's the thing you have to remember about reviews as well um there's <laughs> there's a john there's a john mellencamp line that i love it's in a song called uh walk tall um and the line is people believe what they want to believe when it makes no sense at all so it doesn't matter what i say about it or what you say about it or or what's actually you know printed on the page or in the ebook or in the audiobook the reader our listener is is going to make up their own mind and you know it, it's going to mean whatever it means to them and and that's right. that's something as a creator you just kind of have to accept 
you know? Yeah. 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 That was one of the early things I really had to learn how to deal with was, was criticism. And because when you're, I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of creatives deal with it, but this was kind of my, not this one, especially, oh, this one, this one too, but um, just kind of putting myself out there as a narrator, like all of a sudden there's these people that just have opinions about me, <laughs> right? you know? And uh, I remember my, my first, re- like one of the first reviews I read, um, it was for Realm Bound. And that one, you know, that one was plagued with difficulties because that was my first, mm-hmm. it was my first audio, my for, first full length audiobook. So there's things that I would do completely different now. And that's one of those things I would be like, man, I wish I could re-record it. Then I'm like, no, I can't re- go back. I got to keep <laughs> moving forward. But one of the first reviews was, this is the worst audiobook I've ever heard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, you know, seeing reviews like that pop up every now and then, like, I really had to, like, have this come to Jesus moment. And like, right. is this something that I really want to do? Do I want to put myself out there after spending hours and hours in this four foot by six foot, not even six foot, four foot by five, uh, maybe six foot uh, booth, like all this time trying to read these words that aren't mine. I didn't write them, but trying to mm-hmm. at least do justice to all the time that the author spent in this. I think like, do I really want to do this? If someone's just going to listen to 10 minutes and go, eh, it's the worst thing ever. Never there, put it online. There is an there is an investment that that both a narrator and a writer make in a project. Mm-hmm. There's there's a a physical investment. There's an emotional investment, and often there is a a financial investment. So you put all this work and love into this project and you put it out there and something like that comes along at, at first, it is hard not to, not to think to yourself, well, was all this, what did I just spend all this, you know, time, effort and, and, uh, and money doing? Was it, was it actually worth it? And I honestly, I don't care what anybody says. And, and if anybody listening to this is, is out there wondering if they should keep writing or keep working, um, mm-hmm. you know, to toward a goal like Sean's um, to be a narrator. Yes, it's worth it. Keep going. Take your fucking lumps and get, just keep on moving forward, man. Yes. You know, and, and, uh, and you know what, like, and I, I want to, it's advice, advice corner with uh, with Sean and Isaac here because there's a lot of people. I'm a lot of people are going to be listening coming coming through. There's going to be new narrators listening to this, seasoned narrators. Mm-hmm. I'm still still pretty green, but I've learned a lot of things in my first year. Um, so take this as you will. You know, um, I'm not an expert yet, but I think what I've learned one of the biggest things I learned was to not dwell on pretty much any reviews. Yeah, positive review reviews are are great for marketing and for a little ego boost. That's fantastic. Um, but but to, to try to, you know, um, uh, reach out and deal with every single negative review. I've seen authors, like, f- trying to figure out how to take down a one-star review. And, you know, it's, it's affecting my sales and my, my ranking and everything. And it's like, don't worry about it. Keep on creating. Keep moving forward. The right people are going to land in the right people's eyes or ears. And and just keep on creating. Absolutely. So what if you have so what if you have something down the line that you did you first did that has negative you know bad reviews? My 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 first my first uh, audiobook was like a 
an hour and a half thing and it and that it got pretty much pretty you know it's gotten some good reviews because you know because my friends have heard it but a good review <laughs> but i mean you know it's just you're gonna improve you know down you're gonna improve as you keep doing it Absolutely. so why even focus on the thing right now just keep on moving forward and take what you will if there's if there's constructive criticism take it move on but yeah but to try to defend every you know, tell everybody, well, this is what I meant by the story. And you know, right. there are things you and I have our little private messages back and forth and stuff coming, it came out and <laughs> it's coming out. And, and that's fun as, you know, as coworkers, it was, we worked, worked together on this to kind of vent and everything, which is right. great. Um, but to try to tell that one quote unquote critic, it's an, it's, it's, it's someone who on rating you on Amazon. It's not like it's, and that's another thing. These are, these are user reviews. Right. Um, to worry about this and try to change their mind, it's, it's just it's just not even worth it. So that my biggest advice to anyone just getting started is take your lumps. You're going to get negative reviews. <laughs> you're not going to be amazing out of the gate, but learn and grow and, and keep on creating. Just keep on creating. Don't stop. You have a podcast too, right? Or you have some stuff. You got a uh, uh, publishing I'm... company, Lost Hollow Books. And just tell me a little bit what, what you're working on and yeah. Where people can find you. Yeah, I I actually I write reviews for uh tnhorror.com occasionally. Um that's Tennessee Horror News and Promotions. And um uh so I'm I'm working on stuff for them. Uh I I'm also a host of a show on screamradio.com, scrm radio.com. Um that is uh a, an internet radio station uh rather than a podcast okay. uh but uh okay, cool. yeah that's that's owned by tracy um and she is uh at tracy underscore tr on twitter if anybody wants to look it up or you can go to uh to screamradio.com scrmradio.com um and i'm constantly working on my own stuff so i've i've got new short stories in the works and uh and as soon as 2020 will give me a break i'm <laughs> i'm gonna start on the follow-up to uh to the gordon place very cool very cool hopefully i get that gig i'll see i'll, I'll audition for it i'll, I'll, I'll let you make that decision <laughs> absolutely <laughs> awesome well um you can find me over on twitter of course at sean narrates and then uh this show and everything can be found over at screamingpods.com did you give your, your twitter handle i did not uh, my twitter handle is at isaac r thorn and that's thorn with an e uh and you can also find all my socials and everything at isaacthorn.com awesome awesome um one last thing i wanted to announce today is, today is uh it's new release day so uh let's see lucas mangum's book gods of the dark web the audiobook narrated by me just came out so check that one out uh, it's a two and a half hour maybe no I think it's two hours and 15 minutes, little uh, cosmic horror fucked up little story that if you're a hardcore, if you're, if you're a hardcore horror uh, uh, enthusiast and, uh, and the Gordon place wasn't gross enough for you, holy shit, listen to Gods of the Dark Web because uh, I, oh my God, there's a chapter in there that I cannot believe I narrated. Um, I'm going to drink. I'm going to cue that up now. (laughs) I I literally had to pour myself a whiskey after that, after that, uh, after that (laughs) chapter. Um, but, uh, Lucas Mangum is, is an awesome uh, author and he's going to be next on the show. So next week, um, I'll be talking to Lucas, but, uh, Isaac, thank you so much for joining me. And 
And it's, it's good to hear your voice. It's the first time we've actually spoken in person. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's usually over over uh, Facebook or, or Twitter or something. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. I mean, you've heard enough of my voice. You're like, fuck, I got to go on a Sean's show. I'm sick of hearing his voice. Oh, I'm not sick of it. <laughs> all right, Isaac. Thank you very much. And uh, to all of you, uh, I have no catchphrases in the show. So uh, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>